You are listening to Smart Mouth Scorpio Podcast with your host, Scorpio November. Hello, hello, hello there, beautiful people. You are listening to Smart Mouth Scorpio Podcast with your host, Scorpio November. And this is episode 27. Yes, we have made it to episode 27 of the podcast. And I want to thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for rocking with me. I hope you all have been well and have had a wonderful week, an exceptional week. How about that? <laughs> My week has been great. I'm trying to get into the groove of getting back into this podcast, and hopefully it can be smooth sailing once I get into the groove and figure out all the kinks that go along with the podcast thing. Now, mind you, I am not a technologically savvy person. I am challenged in that area. So I am extremely grateful that you all that listen every week listen. I'm grateful for you all that share the podcast. And most of all, I just thank you for listening, for taking the time to listen. You could be doing anything else in the world other than listening to little old me. So I appreciate it. And while we're here talking about it, if you're a new listener, I would appreciate if you would subscribe to the podcast rate the podcast and share it with your friends. Rating and sharing the podcast increases my visibility, the podcast visibility, so more people that may enjoy the podcast may become aware of the podcast and listen. So again, thank you so much. But enough about that. I want to talk about my week a little bit because I have noticed something about myself. And that is that I'm forgetting things more and more. If I don't specifically write it down or put it in my phone calendar and check it every day. You know how some days you wake up and you think you know what you're supposed to do. You think you have a schedule already set and you have it in your mind like this is what I'm doing today. And then you get up and go about your day. Only at the end of the day of the day to realize that you forgot something. Well, that has been happening to me. (laughs) This past week, I was supposed to go to a Black Literature Book Club event and meet the author of one of the recent books that I read and possibly get her to sign the book and ask some questions. And I totally forgot about it. Totally forgot about it. And I was so upset with myself (laughs) because like, I was so excited about meeting her and asking her questions about the book (laughs) and I totally missed it but I'm seeing that's happening more and more so I don't know I'm gonna have to be more careful with that I don't think I'm quite getting to the senior moments yet not quite at that age but I think I have to be more responsible with my schedule and making sure that I attend events that I commit to attending and following through on things of that nature. But enough about me, let's get into this new episode. I'm so excited about this new episode and I think you're going to like it too. Let's jump right into it. Let's jump into a segment that I like to call, What's a Word? In this segment, I will give you a word that's not normally used in every everyday vocabulary, give you the meaning of the word, the spelling of the word, 
and whether the word is a noun, verb, or what have you, okay? And then the kicker is I will try to use the word correctly in a sentence. <laughs> That's the challenge, me using the word correctly in a sentence. I think I have been killing this part, but you let me know what you think. <laughs> and the word for this week is agilest. Yes, agilest. It is a noun. It is spelled A-G-E-L-A-S-T. Agilest. Meaning a person who never laughs. Now, here's the challenge. I must use it correctly in a sentence, right? So here's the sentence. <laughs> I'm not sure if he is an agilist or just doesn't like me and my jokes. Got it? I'm not sure if he's an agilist or just doesn't like me and my jokes. I think that's a pretty good sentence. I don't know about you, but I think I'm killing the game with that one. I think I'm using these words superbly. I think I am used, I am exceptional to <laughs> using these words. Let me know if you agree. And let me know how you would use the word in a sentence by tweeting the podcast at SmartMouthCorp on Twitter, okay? And make sure you use the hashtag SmartMouthCorp, okay? All right, let's move on. Okay, now we're moving into a segment that I like to call World Happenings. Yes, happenings, like what's happening. <laughs> I noticed when I listened back to some of the previous podcast episodes, I was saying, it, it sounded like I was saying happiness, like world happiness. No, I'm saying world happenings. Please forgive the list, you guys. You don't have a list. Don't make me work any harder at this, okay? <laughs> But anyway, in this particular segment, I will share a few headlines that I um, that are, that are international, national, and what have you news. And so, one of the first headlines that I like to share with you this episode is: dozens of Congress members join calls for Stephen Miller to resign over leaked emails showing white nationalist beliefs. Yeah article was found on Newsweek and let me share with you a few of the key points of the article along with my commentary okay it says dozens of our Congress members have joined calls for senior White House advisor Stephen Miller's resignation following the revelation of hundreds of emails appearing to promote a white nationalist agenda and anti-immigrant sentiments in a joint statement released Thursday Leaders of the Congressional Hispanic, Progressive, Black and Asian, Specific, Pacific, <laughs> American caucuses said it is time for Miller to step down over the scandal after hundreds of his emails sent to Breitbart espousing white nationalist beliefs were revealed in a bombshell report by the Southern Poverty Law Center. I'm not surprised. I don't, <laughs> I don't know who would be surprised by this revelation, but I'm not surprised. It also says emails, the emails brought to light by the 
Southern Poverty Law Center's hate watch section appeared to paint a fuller picture of the extent of Miller's bid to push a white nationalist agenda forward. Hate Watch revealed the first of a series of reports analyzing 900 emails that Miller has sent to former Breitbart writer Katie McHugh in 2015 and 2016. Also goes on to say the emails showed how Miller, who had been working for then-Senator Jeff Sessions at the time, sought to push white nationalist conspiracy theories and shape Breitbart's coverage to portray immigrants in a negative light. Let's stop there. Because I several things are sticking out to me here. The part where it says who had been working where he had been working for Jeff Sessions. If anybody knows, anybody knows anything about Jeff Sessions the former Attorney General of the state of Alabama, you would not be surprised that anybody that worked under his leadership would have such beliefs. Knowing the beliefs of Jeff Sessions and how he conducts himself in the criminal justice system and how under his leadership, the criminal justice system and um, prosecution of black Americans and people of color in the state of Alabama was biased under his leadership, you would not be surprised. Furthermore, who is surprised under this current president's leadership that anybody holds such belief? Anybody would behave behave unethically. Who? Does anybody really believe anybody that was appointed under this president's leadership into that White House administration is of ethical character? I don't, and I don't think most people understanding the temperament, behavior, the, um, the, the thinking of this current president would think that he would even think those are traits that people working under him should have, ethical, ethical traits that they should have. He wouldn't think that way. He wouldn't think that far ahead because he is not that way. That is not a part of his character. So to be surprised that Miller <laughs> will be caught up in such, hmm, not surprising to me. I don't know if it's surprising to you, surprising to you, but I hope not. Because if it's surprising to you, where have you been all this time? Where have you been these last few years? One of the last points that I want to leave you with from this particular article is caucus leader said, we feel like it is up to us to point out the obvious. Someone who writes, talks, and governs like a white nationalist is in fact a white nationalist. And I couldn't agree more. <laughs> now let's move on. The next headline that I want to bring to you I found on NPR reads, Who will decide on the Dalai Lama's successor, his supporters or Beijing? Tibetan Buddhists believe their spiritual leader, now 84 and ailing, will be reincarnated when he dies. Is the 14th Dalai Lama Tibetan Buddhism's traditional high priest, the same being faithful believe that has been reincarnated for more than 600 years? Traditionally, the Dalai Lama himself gives instructions before he dies. 
He's supposed to tell AIDS where to look for a child who would next embody his essence. But this time, politics may complicate the search. For the past 60 years, the Dalai Lama has sought to do so, you know, to reign from exile in northern India, ever since fleeing a Chinese crackdown in his native Tibet. The Chinese government claims the right to his to name his successor. So that's where the dilemma comes in. The Dalai Lama says he should name his successor, and the Chinese government says they should name the successor since the Dalai Lama chose to live in exile in India. Right? So it goes on to say, so once he dies, the world could end up with two Dalai Lamas. One identified by the Chinese government and another by Tibetans in exile. The discrepancy threatens to divide the Tibetan Buddhist community and imperil relations between the world's two populous countries, India and China. So you have Buddhists in, that practice in India and you have Buddhists that tra um, practice in China. Now, what interested me about this article is that I studied Buddhism for one semester in college. Yeah, just one. Just one. <laughs> and I, what I found so interesting about this religion is that it is a religion of peace. It is a religion of centering, to connecting to highest self and to be able to release negative things and also like I like I said before a peaceful religion it is not heavily it doesn't value materialistic things it does not it is a loving religion a caring religion now the Chinese government is upset because the Dalai Lama chose to leave China over 60 years ago and to live in India. However, that doesn't mean he's no longer the Dalai Lama. And it is also interesting to me that the government is trying to mandate how this religion um, behaves and what they choose to recognize. How is the Chinese government appointing a Dalai Lama once this Dalai Lama dies appropriate? It's like the Chinese government is trying to rule as if it is he, they're uh, appointing the next um, king or prime minister or something that it is a dictatorship that they just um, that the religion is a dictatorship that the government controls. That is not fair. That is my opinion. A few more key points from the article. One thing I want to make clear, as far as my own rebirth is concerned, the final authority is myself, no one else, and obviously not Chinese communists. This is what the Dalai Lama said in 2011. So we know very clear where the Dalai Lama stands on this position, and I happen to agree with him. And one point that I think is very, that is critical to make here so you understand the importance of such is in 1995 a six-year-old Tibetan boy was recognized by the Dalai Lama as the reincarnation of the Panchen Lama 
another high level level Tibetan Buddhist holy figure. Days later, the Chinese detained him. He hasn't been heard from since. Beijing named a replacement whom exiles refused to recognize. Which is what could happen if the Chinese government steps in. Let's move on. Now this is a national headline that I like to share with you that I found on time. The headline reads, after death of nine students, USC is opening a new psychiatric clinic. Some of the key points from the article, nine students have died at the University of California, better known as USC, this semester, causing alarm on campus and leading students to demand more mental health resources. USC officials say they will open a new psych psychiatric clinic on Monday, which was this past Monday, which was earlier this week, <laughs> by the time this episode comes out. It comes as students say they have long had trouble accessing mental health care at one of the wealthiest universities in the country. Three students have died by suicide this semester, the school said, and the causes of some of the other deaths have not been publicly confirmed. I personally believe that mental health is is dire is is a dire need for all college students, especially college students that don't have any um, family support. College students that are not financially stable, college students that are not um, active in extracurricular activities, college students that are naturally introverted, not extroverts. Um, I think people get confused and think college students, especially adults, think college students are living a life, especially adults that have never been off to college. It can be extremely isolating and lonely if you don't have the support of others, if you don't have a good support base, if you don't have a lot of friends. And when I mean friends, I mean true friends, not just associates that you can talk to and confide in. It can be isolating. And especially for introverted students, students that are not naturally outgoing or shy students, those students can be the most isolated. Too much isolation cannot be good. Not having someone to talk to or a confidant cannot be good. So I would encourage you, if you have any family members or friends that are college students, please be there here to talk to because sometimes mental health resources are not readily available as we're seeing here in this article. But let's move on to a few more of the um, key points from this article. As some universities have opened up satellite counseling cl clinics above a local Starbucks and the athletic department or in the athletic department to reach more students. Some have allocated more money to counseling services and hired more therapists. Others have rolled out a counseling mobile app or a free online screening for depression. What this says to me is that other universities are aware of the mental health crisis 
here, and especially on university campuses, especially when students don't have that support system, and they are trying to do things to make it better. And I would encourage you to make it better for others if you can. Okay, now I'd like to move on to a sentence that I like to call Martin Off. In this segment, I will I like to share things that are on my mind. It doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to be smart or antagonistic or sarcastic or mean. I know the name of the podcast is Smart Mouse Scorpio Podcast, but it doesn't mean that I'm a smart aleck all the time. Okay, in this particular uh, on this particular episode, I would like to talk about Amanda Seals and Sean King in regards to the Rodney. Reed case. I almost say Rodney King every time I'm talking about this just because that is a name that has been stuck in my head for many years. Rodney King when it comes to injustice. <laughs> but no, this one is Rodney Reed. I'm sure that you have heard about the case via social media. It has been everywhere on the news all over the place. But in this particular instance, I want to talk about the conflict between Amanda Seals and Sean King, how things have gone left between the two. Personally, I do not have a side to take in either or because I support both Rodney, not Rodney, but Amanda Seals and Sean King. I like them both for different reasons. I follow them both on social media for different reasons. I think they're both important to the Black American experience and culture for different reasons. Amanda Seals, I follow her and I support her because I think she's knowledgeable. She's unapologetically smart. She knows who she is. She's unapologetically black. She's unapologetically courageous in who she is and what she stands for and what she thinks, right? I'm only gonna say the positives right now. <laughs> about either of them. I also think she gets a lot of slack for being that way because I think oftentimes in this society we are taught that even if we don't because I, I think we're taught that it's not okay to know who you are and to stand firm in who you are, right? So I support her for some of those reasons. Those are not all the reasons. Those are just some of the reasons. Sean King, I think he's important and I support him because he is an activist and I think it is true to his heart to be an activist and to stand up and have a voice for people that are otherwise voiceless. And I think he uses his platform well in that way. I think he's unapologetic about it and I appreciate it. I appreciate them both for those reasons because they are both unapologetic for who they are and that speaks volumes to me. However, in this situation, I think could have been handled better on both ends. However, I think <laughs> If you've seen the video, John King and Amanda are going back and forth. Well, they were. They, um, because of a video Amanda made in regards to the Rodney Reed case, basically what she was saying in the video, what I gathered is that she was saying she wasn't and presented with a full picture of 
full scope or an accurate picture of all the information in regards to the Rodney Reed case. And if you remember, Rodney Reed was scheduled to be executed in Texas. Sean King was pushing and supporting um, the exoneration or a state of execution for Rodney Reed, right? I personally, I signed the petition. I will be very transparent about that. Amanda says that after she signed the petition, she found out more information and she felt like the information should have been presented at the time that we were being asked, the public being asked to sign a petition and to support the stay of execution for Rodney Reed. And she's saying, she said, basically in the video, she found information that made her feel duped. And she also, and I think this is the part where it um, rubbed Sean King the wrong way, is that she said that, let me see if I can find that part in the video. Hold one moment. Let me see if I can play that really fast. I think I found the clip that I want to play for you guys, and I hope you can hear it. This is the part of the Amanda Seals video that I think that Sean, that, that, yeah, that Sean King became upset with. Not that the other points she made didn't necessarily ruffle feathers, but I think this is the part that probably hit her nerve a little bit and probably <laughs> didn't gain Amanda any, um, any points in Sean's book. So let me play that for you really fast. Did you hear that? Let me play it one more time. Let me see. Of the picture we're presenting. And so anybody who is not acknowledging that and who was out here pushing for you all to get behind the state execution exoneration of this man is somebody you should question from this point forward in terms of Okay, I think that's the straw that broke the camel's back, and 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 in um, Sean King's eyes because she called into question, she, even though she didn't say a name, it is presumed that she called into question his integrity. And if you don't have anything else in this fight as an activist, you have to have your integrity intact. And when you, when you come at someone's integrity and, um, and honesty and ethical behavior in such a way, especially an activist, that is dangerous. That is a very dangerous thing to do. So Sean King in turn, after seeing this video, he in turn made a video and he explained why he chose to support this case and why he chose and he um, noted you, the Innocence Project as source of the case and how he became involved in the case. 
right? And then he also named Amanda Seals by name and saying basically that Amanda Seals didn't know what the hell she was talking about and that she was giving incorrect video, I mean incorrect information in the video. You can watch both of their videos on their um, Instagram pages and make your own conclusion about who you believe if you believe both. I think both have validity. The reason I say I believe both have validity, I believe Amanda Seals' case, me not case, but her video, I understand some of her points. Because if you do go do some of the research, you do hear some things that are disconcerting about this case. And then if you listen to Sean King's um, position, you understand why he supports. So you understand both, okay? I just think the way that this was going about, I think Amanda Seals may have stepped into some doo-doo. And she, as a prideful person, I think a lot of people are prideful. I think Amanda Seals is prideful. However, that's not because that <laughs> I've been I've been prideful before, and I still am prideful in certain cases. And I think to just say I think this could have been corrected a little more on her end if she had just made a video apologizing saying that maybe she got some of the information wrong but that she still stands firm on her belief because she did not believe, delete the video so that means she still believes a lot of what she said or maybe she just wants isn't running from it i don't know but neither sean king or amanda Sills are strangers to controversy if we remember amanda Sills has been in the news recently with the black emmy party event with the myron roll event I mean um thing Sean King has been in controversy lately with D. Ray um, McKesson and um, being accused of taking funds that he raises for GoFundMe accounts, things of that nature, right? So both of, neither of them are strangers to con controversy and I'm not saying either of them were guilty in either things that they were accused of or any of that stuff. None of that. That is not a judgment that I am making. I am just saying, I wish this could have been handled differently. I would encourage you both to go watch all of the videos and maybe do some research on your own and kind of feel like if you were feel you feel like you were doomed, or if not, either way, you are okay to have that opinion. However, I think sometimes Amanda Sills gets the raw end of the deal. I think sometimes people just agree with her just because they don't like her because she's not a likable person. I haven't been accused of being unlikable before and that is fine by me. But, but let me say this, I'm glad that you're listening to the podcast and I hope you continue to listen to, to Smart Mouth Scorpio podcast and you subscribe to the podcast, you rate this podcast and you share this podcast. <laughs> I have to throw that in there. But anyway, I just wanted to share that with you and I also want to share some of the some of the words and phrases and sentiments that comes to mind when I think about this particular situation with Amanda Sills and Sean King. I think dangerous speech, volatility, apology, defensiveness, audacity, truth, justice, distrust, bias and peace that's what i hope that is my hope peace for this okay now let's move on next segment i want to jump into is read me 
yes read me in this particular segment i will share with you a book that has impacted me some kind of way whether it be spiritually emotionally or mentally financially or otherwise i will share with you the book some key points that stick out to me about the book and why i this is they may be one of my favorite books or just a book that i really like and hopefully you will check out the book if you have not checked out the book already and you can share if you have share with me some of your key points about the book if you enjoy the book by tweeting the podcast at smart mouse corp on twitter okay this week's highlight for the read me segment is things fall apart by chinua achebe yes things fall apart by chinua achebe I hope I'm saying his name right, and I hope I'm putting the right accent on the <laughs> on his name. However, I must say this is one of my favorite books of all time. I mean, really, one of my favorite books of all time. I first read segments of this book in, as part of my African American literature class in college years ago. You know how you get those big book, those big anthology books that have short stories or chapters of other stories and poems and all that i have one of those big books right and this story this book was one of the um one of the readings in the book it didn't have the full book i if, if i'm thinking if i'm remembering correctly it had chapters of the book and it was a part of the required reading at that time i did enjoy the reading of the chapters in the book, but I can't say I fell in love in love with the book then. You know how sometimes I, I'm an avid reader and I love to read, but you know how when something's required for you to read and you have other things that you have to do, especially in college, you don't necessarily enjoy it as much. You're not giving it your all and your full attention because it's a required reading. You're trying to do what's required so you can pass this class and move on, right? Even though African American literature was one of my favorite classes, still, I didn't get the full scope. I wasn't able to fall in love with the book then. So we're gonna move on. And next thing I know, I hear the Roots album, Things Fall Apart. That album came out. So I was like, oh, I read it. This sounds so familiar to me when I heard the title of that album. I was like, I read a book in that class called Things Fall Apart. And you figure out that the album was influenced by the book, right? So I purchased the book and read the, in, the book in its entirety. And I fell in love with the book there. I love the book. I think you will love the book because I think it has it has uh, elements in the book that can touch any and everyone, right? The book is amazing, especially for someone, for a person in the black diaspora, okay? can't even put it all into words because I'm not a writer so I can't put it all into words but I will share with you something that stands out to me about the book if I had to describe the book I would use bible verses to ex explain the book not because it's a religious book at all it's in no way a religious book in that way but it's it just it's part of the theme of the book 
not the Bible verses itself, but the sentiment of the Bible verses. The Bible verses. Here it is. Pride goeth before destruction, and a spirit, a haughty spirit, before a fall. Better it is to be of an humble, humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. So much happened in this book. There was love, there was destruction, there was pride, there was humbleness, there was caring, there was community, there was evil. Bunches of themes in this book. I think you will truly enjoy the book if you have not read it. And I encourage you to do so. Let's move on. Now in this segment I like to call Throw It Back. <laughs> in this segment I will give you a few clues as it's, it's, it's a trivia segment. I will give you a few key few clues to a movie that was made prior, it's supposed to be before the year prior to 2000, but I'm going to say prior to the year 2005, okay? And I will give you a few hints of movie, of what movie it is, and it is your job to figure out what movie that I'm talking about. And you can tweet the podcast at Smart Mouse Corp and let me know if you figured out what this throw it back trivia is, right? Okay. But before we jump into this week's, I would like to give you the answer to last week's throwback trivia segment. The answer to, well, well first let me give you the, um, the hints that I gave out. I gave out that the movie what came out in 1991, if I'm not mistaken, was directed by um, Reginald Hudlin, and also that, um, it starred two famous rap stars at the time, young rap stars at the time. I'm sure you figured it out. The movie is House Party. <laughs> the first one, I've watched that movie so many times, more times than I can count. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. I love the movie. It's a fun movie. <laughs> one of my favorite scenes from the movie is the dance scene with Shireen Sidney against Kid and Play. <laughs> Shireen reminds me so much of a close family member with her look, her attitude, just her way of being, the way she embodies that character. So, <laughs> I love that scene. One of my other favorite scenes in the movie is the neighbor scene with the married neighbors. The married neighbors are played by uh, John Witherspoon and B.B. Drake. So funny. And may John Witherspoon rest in peace. But one thing that I found interesting is that, I don't know if you've noticed, but I've noticed that John and B.B. have played opposite each other in quite a few movies. House Party, Boomerang, you know, on the scene where he's like bang, 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 and I put pussy and all that stuff. <laughs> and that movie, and they played opposite each other in Friday After Next, when, um, when Day Day and Craig's landlord, or property manager has a crush on <laughs> on Craig's dad which happens to be played by John Witherspoon. So and I'm quite sure there's some other movies, there may be some other movies that I'm not thinking of in which John Witherspoon and BB Drake play opposite each other. Hmm, let me know. Let me know what you think if you if if let me know if there are other movies that they have played opposite each other that I'm not thinking of. Let me know. But anyway, into this week's throw it back trivia let's jump into it. Here are a couple, a few hints, right? This movie came out in 1999 
It starred Monica Calhoun, Morris Chestnut, and Tay Diggs. The soundtrack featured one of my favorite Roots songs featuring Jaguar Wright. What you want. Those are your hints. Again, movie came out in 1999. It starred Monica Calhoun, Morris Chestnut, and Tay Diggs. And the soundtrack features the root song, What You Want, featuring Jaguar Wright. Okay, those are your clues, your hints. Let's move on. Okay, y'all, we have reached the end of this episode of the Smart Mouse Scorpio podcast. And I thank you all so much for listening. I thank you for tuning in. I thank you for rocking with me this episode. I hope you enjoyed yourself. And if you did, I would appreciate if you would rate the podcast, subscribe to the podcast if you have not already, and share the podcast with your friends. And until next time, beautiful people, peace.